0: I'll ask you what time it is, and I might quit or I might keep going, all right? Uh, but if you have your Bibles, go with me to Daniel chapter number 9. Daniel chapter number 9. Now, uh, chapter 9 begins with the 70 years of desolation, uh, dealing with the 70 years that they spent uh, inside the cap- inside captivity. And uh, let me just say this while you're turning. There is no vision associated with that. And the reason they're isn't, Daniel didn't need a vision for what was happening during the captivity because God had already given a clear word of prophecy. He'd already, and uh, that's a lesson we can learn if we're not careful. I love prophecy and I love to study it, and I'm glad you all are enjoying it, but we don't need visions and dreams where God clearly speaks. Isn't that right? Uh, So the first part of the chapter deals with that. Uh, then you'll find as you go on through that uh, Daniel begins to get burdened for the nation of Israel. He begins to, he realizes they've got 70 years of captivity. He gets burdened. He's wondering what's going to happen. And we'll get into that here in just a minute. And he begins to pray and intercede for the nation of Israel. And uh, then that will pick us up in verse number 20. I won't deal with all read I just want to give you somewhat uh, of context tonight Daniel chapter nine and verse 20 uh, you don't have to stand if you don't want to tonight uh, I'll read a few verses and we'll get into the message the Bible said and whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel boy what a what a statement right there that we don't I'd be a I'd be amiss to this Passover watch what Daniel said and Whilst I was speaking and praying now watch this, and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel. Can I just stop and say this real quick before you intercede for somebody else? You better pray for yourself. Amen. Is that right? Better get things right with you and God before you start praying. A lot of times we're gifted saying, Lord, help so-and-so. Lord, help so-and-so. Lord, don't you see what so-and-so's are doing? But Daniel took care of what was between him and God before he ever prayed for his people. Bible said verse 21, Yea, as I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, uh, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. He informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee. Boy, I like verse 23, too. I, I wasn't going to say anything about this. Uh, but watch what your Bible said, verse 23. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth. Now, Gabriel, we realize one of the archangels. and uh, Now, what did I get the picture? Here Gabriel is. I see him in my mind, standing at attention and somewhere around the throne of God. And the Bible said that Daniel said, Excuse me, while I was yet speaking, while I was yet praying, praying for me, praying for my people... Uh, that all of a sudden here come Gabriel, isn't that right? And when Gabriel come up, you know what he said? He didn't say Daniel. After you'd prayed thirty-five minutes and hacked four times, and then got broke out in a sweat, he didn't say Daniel. After you finally got through, he said, "At the beginning of thy supplication, the commandment came." Isn't that right? You know what the picture is? I see Gabriel is sitting there, and John just as soon. I'm just giving you an illustration. I don't know what's exactly. I'm just giving you a picture. As soon as Daniel said, "Dear Lord." Uh, God looked over at Gable said, I know what he needs. Go on down yonder and tell him this. Isn't that right? Aren't you glad the Lord knows what we need? I'm glad I'm not working to get in touch with glory. But I'm glad the moment I begin to pray, he knows my heart. Aren't you? That excites me. Watch what your Bible says, Verse 24. That's what Daniel said, Gabriel told Daniel, said, I've come to give you understanding and uh, I've come to show thee for thou art greatly beloved, verse 23, therefore understand the matter and consider the vision. Now, verse 24 begins uh, what may be one of the most precise and uh, uh, most detailed prophetical uh, portions of scripture in all the Bible. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city, to finish the transgression, and to make an end of sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore to understand that from the going forth of the commandment, to restore and to build Jerusalem under the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks, uh, and three score, and two weeks." The street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublous times. Verse 26, and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. The people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. Under the end of the war of desolations are determined. Verse 27, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. In the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even unto the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I truly love you tonight. Lord, I pray you'd help us as we study your word together. Lord, I pray that, Lord, would you meet every need representative with every prayer request been made mentioned. Lord, no doubt there's many unspoken requests. Lord, I pray you'd help me to uh, give me clarity of speech. And Lord, I pray you'd help and give us understanding tonight. Lord, I realize that, uh, Lord, we'll never be able to understand unless you illuminate our hearts. And Lord, that's what I'm asking you to do tonight, illuminate our hearts to the truth of your word. And Lord, give us understanding, give us clarity. Lord, I pray you'd help us to be better students. Of your word, Lord, if they would be one walking a this away, would you draw them up close to you once again? Lord, if they would be one lost and done without you, would just save them? For it's everlasting too late. Well, thank you for all that you've done, all that you're going to do. For we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. Now, uh, stay with me just a moment. I've got a whole page of notes we've got to cover that are just some things you need to remember, all right? Uh, remember, first of all, if you'll go all the way back several months ago... Uh, so when we was looking at hermeneutics, we looked at uh, pretty early on during that. We talked about uh, for a couple of weeks some things that differ. And we said that where God makes a difference, we must make a difference. Do you remember that? Uh, now, so remember this quickly tonight. And I'm just giving you some groundwork. And it'll be important here in a moment, I promise. Remember, first of all, we must remember that God sees all the people of the world in three separate groups. Now we talked about that if you remember. It's not divided by race. It's not divided by uh, welfare. It's not divided by uh, what kind of job they have. But he sees three groups. Uh, in fact, I'll give you scripture quickly. First Corinthians 10, 32. The Bible said, Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. So God sees three groups of all the people of the world. He doesn't see Americans and Chinese. And oh, he sees the Jew. The Gentile and the church, isn't that right? If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile, but if you're saved by the grace of God, Jew or Gentile, you become a part of the church. Are you with me? I know that's real, real quick, but just I'm going somewhere. All right. So we must remember that. must also remember, secondly, that God only deals with one of those people at a time. Now, I realize he's sovereign, and I realize that he, he's omnipotent, and he's uh, omnipresent, I understand all that. I understand that he's in control of it all, but he primarily only deals with one people at a time. You must remember that. That's going to be important in just a moment. I, I'll give you an example. I, I've told you several times through the book of Daniel, he always deals with the Jew concerning prophecy, except for what? The book of Daniel. It's a book of Gentile politics. So he always deals with one unless he's dealing with another. Alright, so that's two things we must remember. Thirdly, we must remember this. Daniel and the nation of Israel are still in captivity in chapter 9. In the previous verses, it's revealed to us that Daniel is troubled concerning the future of the Jews. Now I'm paraphrasing. You go back and read the whole chapter and you'll see this. He's asking questions. I'm paraphrasing. But he's asking questions. Will the temple ever be rebuilt? Will the city of Jerusalem ever be restored? He's asking what does the future hold for the nation of Israel? And he's troubled by these things. The Bible said that as he's praying concerning these matters, that God sends Gabriel... Who reveals to him what may be the most detailed prophetical timeline contained in the scriptures? Now you've got to understand this. All through the book of Daniel until chapter 9, God's been dealing with the Gentile nations of the world. Remember chapter 2? That vision, that was the Gentile nations. Chapter 7, Sunday night, that that, that was God's view of those same... But we're not dealing with Gentiles. Daniel's troubled, wondering what's going to happen. And God says, if you want to know, I'll tell you what, I'll just send Gabriel. He's going to tell you what's going to happen to the nation of Israel. Isn't that right? All right. Now, that's three things we must remember. Now, if you don't get anything else... Get this, this is going to be of vital importance. You probably, I feel like I'm teaching Bible college. now. They'll tell us when we're going to have a test, they'll say something like, you probably want to remember this. So let me just say this, you probably want to remember this, all right? When it comes to prophecy, the final thing we must keep in mind while studying these 70 weeks of Daniel is that when it comes to prophecy, a prophetical year in the Bible, does not consist of 365 days. A year does not contain 365 days, but rather 360. So one year concerning prophecy does not contain 365 days, it contains 360 and all of that, but it deals with the Jewish calendar. You and I have 365 days, but a prophetical year is only 360, okay? Now, see, I've covered a whole page of notes and we ain't been preaching. Well, my watch ain't changed a bit since I started. So we're making good time. All right, let's get into Daniel 70 weeks real fast. Can we, Let me ask you this. How many of you, I, I was not going to change. I'm going to go as detailed as I was anyway. But I'm just curious, how many of you have ever heard a message devoted to Daniel 70 weeks? All right. Well, you're in for a treat, I hope. Watch this. Now, God reveals, here in this, these three verses, God's going to reveal the entire future of the Jewish nation. Three verses, John. He's going to tell us everything we need to know about the Jewish nation. Now, we've got to lay some groundwork, all right? So, Daniel, we talk, the Bible said that, uh, let me read it real quick so I don't mess it up trying to quote it. Verse number uh, twenty-four. Uh, Gabriel tells Daniel, Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city." So it tells us immediately we're dealing with seventy weeks. Right now, there's something we've got to make we got to make some sense out of that. That is not seventy weeks of days. Our week, we say, if I tell you the day's Wednesday. And a week from now, I want you to do blah, 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 blah. What I'm saying is, in seven days from right now, I want you to do blah, 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 blah. But it's not 70 weeks of days. It's 70 weeks of years. Okay? So here's what I'm saying. To figure out what we're talking about, uh, one week equals seven years right so our week is Monday Sunday Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday that's our week it consists of seven days but that's not what it really means is this 70 weeks if you go up if you go back to the actual Hebrew it means 77s what it's saying John is 70 times seven years okay so one week is the same thing as 70 years. So, what what God is telling Daniel is, he said there's going to be the entire history or the entire future of the Jewish nation uh, can be put in 70 weeks containing 70 years. So, to figure out what he's saying, it's not just 70 weeks, but we have to say 70 weeks times seven years. Now, don't lose me because I don't want to mess you up. So, there's 70 weeks. Each week contains seven years, right? So what we're actually dealing with here in this is 490 years, okay? So these 70 weeks consist of 490 years, all right? Now. We've got to notice something, and if you've got your handouts, I don't want to tell you to, I meant to, but if you've got your handouts, we've got a handout on Daniel's 70 weeks, and you probably see better on it than you can what I'm about to do, but we've got to understand this, so those 70 weeks, the same thing as 70, 70 times 7, which is 490 years, but you've got to notice that these 2 these these 490 years, or these 70 weeks, are split into two parts as you go through. We'll see it when we get in the text, but I'm going to read it to you right now. Right, the first division is 69 weeks. So we've got, if this is our 70 weeks, all right, so the first one is going to be 69 weeks. Okay. The second division is a division of one week. Uh, If you look in uh, verse number uh, 28, I guess, or 27, uh, let me go back and read it before I mess it up. Uh, The Bible said verse number 27, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. So we'll get there in just a moment. I, I promise you'll see what I'm talking about in just a minute. So we've got 69 weeks, and then we've got one week, which makes up that 70 weeks. Are you with me so far? Kind of, sort of. Now these 69 weeks is further split up into two parts. And I'll show you what I mean. Watch what your Bible said in verse number 25. Bible said in verse 25, uh, let me find it real quick. Bible said verse 25, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem under the Messiah, the prince shall be what? Seven weeks. Comma, And three score and two weeks. So, what Gabriel told him was from the time the commandment is given to go back and rebuild Jerusalem until the coming of the Messiah, it's going to be seven weeks, three score, two weeks. So, that deals with these 69 weeks. So, what he was saying was go ahead and split that up and say, well, put it here, not here. What he was saying was, you're going to go seven weeks, and then you're going to go another 62 weeks, because that's three score and two. The score is 20. So he said, you're going to go seven weeks, three score, two weeks, and then there's going to be another week. All he's doing is breaking down this 70 weeks, all right? Now, don't, I know you're confused. I know you're, we're going to get into it in just a minute. I promise. I'm going to explain why it's broke up that way. I'm going to describe every bit of it. So let me put it to you clearly. So it's divided in two parts. Sixty-nine weeks and one week. Those sixty-nine weeks are further divided into two parts. One of seven weeks and one of sixty-two weeks. Okay? So, let's break it down even farther. We've got three, main divi- three divisions total. So this seven weeks would be a total of forty-nine years. Okay? Seven. Seven weeks times seven, that's 49 years, okay? Then we've got another division of three score and two years, or 62 weeks. That's 434 years. Okay? All right. Then we've got a last week, which is just one week, and that's seven years. So in the entire future of the Jewish nation... It consists of 490 years. That can be broke up into a period of 49 years, 434 years, and seven years. Are you with me? I know you don't understand what happened yet, but are you with the division? All right, now, let's get into it and find out what happened during those divisions. All right? Now, notice this. Seven weeks, that's 49 years. Three score and two weeks, verse 25 and 26, that's 62 weeks or 434 years. These two divisions bring us from the decree to rebuild Jerusalem to the coming of the Messiah as prince. You can find that in verse 25. Then that last one week, as we get into the text and we'll read it, after the Messiah is cut off, there's one more week of Jewish prophecy. Okay, now let's get into that first division, can we? Verse 25, the Bible said this: "Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem under the Messiah the prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The streets shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. All right. Now it's interesting. make note of this if you' will, in your mind, if not on paper. It's interesting to note that this entire prophetical timeline began and was put in place by decree, right? God said from the time that the command is given to go back and build the city again, that's going to start the timeline, okay? It's interesting that it's going to be start by decree. We'll get there in just a moment. This very decree was made by... Araxerus, I think's how you say his name, in 444 BC. Now that's on your handout if you want to look at it. It doesn't tell you who made it, but it was made in 444 BC. That's when, or 445. I'm sorry, 445 BC. The command was made to go back and to rebuild the, the city. Now hold your places where you are at there, and turn with me to the book of Nehemiah. Just a moment, Nehemiah chapter two. Verse number one. Now we're going. Now remember, the Old Testament was not written in chronological order. The books of your Bible are not put in the order they happened. So we're going back, it seems like, but we're actually fast forwarding from Daniel to Nehemiah because this had, Nehemiah hadn't happened yet. Bible said in Nehemiah chapter two, verse number one, and it came to pass in the month Nisan. in the twentieth year of Artaxerxes the king that wine was before him. And I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now I had not been the been before time sad in his presence. Wherefore the king said unto me, why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was very sore afraid, said unto the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad? When the city, the place of my father's sepulchres, lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire. Then said the king unto me, For what dost thou make request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldst send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. What's verse 6. The king said unto me, The queen also sitting by him, For how long shall thy journey be? And when will that return? So it pleased the king to send me. And I set him a time. We literally just read in Nehemiah chapter 2. The fulfillment of the beginning of the Daniel's 70 weeks. The king just told Nehemiah. I said I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll let you go back and rebuild the walls. I'll let you go back. And I'm getting ahead of myself but I'm excited about this. Let me me tell you how you got to think about prophecy. God only deals with one nation at a time, right? I'm going to tell you this again after a while because I'm going to, I'm going to have to read through my notes because I don't remember where I put it. So I'm probably going to tell you this later, but it'll do you good to hear it twice. God only deals with one people at a time, isn't that right? All right, so go with me all the way back to the book of Genesis. God calls Abraham out of the land of ur Chaldees, isn't that right? That's the beginning of the Jewish people. Now I want you to imagine a pendulum, if you would. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's hanging there, and you take that pendulum and you pull it over here, and it goes tick, 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 tick. of the land of Earl and God reaches down to that prophetical pendulum and starts it moving. Right? The nation of Israel is born tick, 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 tick. And it ticks right along. Everything's going right. According to schedule. Over and over again through the Old Testament. What did Israel do? They committed idolatry. They committed apostasy. They rebelled against God. They refused uh, uh, to, to be obedient to the word of God. And to the will of God. And eventually that led them to Babylonian captivity. Isn't that right? So watch. God calls Abraham out of the land of the tribes, Starts that pendulum. Prophecy begins to tick. 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 Over time, they go into Babylonian captivity. You know what God does? He reaches down and stops that pendulum. Okay? Now it's no longer tick, tick, tick. Now it's silent. That that clock is no longer ticking. Are you with me? Because now the nation of Israel is not living for God. They're rebelling against God. And God has stopped their timeline because now they're in Babylonian captivity. That's in Daniel, remember? So what's he do? He deals with one nation at a time. He's no longer dealing with Israel. They're in 70 years of captivity. So what's he do in the book of Daniel? He turns his attention to the Gentiles. right? The only time in your Bible that God begins to give prophecy concerning the Gentiles because the clock was stopped on Israel. Right? Now watch this. God, hit me. I, I know where I'm going and you don't. Alright, now watch. Seventy years of Babylonian captivity. The king makes a decree for them to go back and rebuild, rebuild the, the city, and rebuild the temple and rebuild the walls. You know what happens? The moment that's signed by the king, God lets go of that pendulum and tick, 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 tick. The nation of Israel's is now going again. Okay? Are you with me? Alright. So this begins the prophetic timeline for the nation of Israel. Here in Nehemiah chapter 2, when that king signed that decree, it began the prophetical timeline of Daniel's 70 weeks. Now remember, what happened right after it started? There was a, there was a period of 69 weeks, right? But they were divided into two parts. The first division was of 7 weeks, or 49 years. The second one was of, uh, what was it, 400 and however many years. Uh, so watch this. History tells us that from the time of the decree until the rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem, until it was rebuilt, until it was done, you know how long it took? 49 years. From the time the decree was signed until the city was rebuilt, it took 49 years. In fact, Fast forward to the New Testament. Remember when Jesus said, "You destroy this. I'll restore this. You this temple, and I'll rebuild it again in three days." Remember what the Pharisees said? He said, "How are you going to restore it in three days?" It took forty-six years just to build the temple. Is that right? It took forty-nine years from the time the decree was signed. Till the city was rebuilt. All God was... The only reason he split it up into two parts, he just said, Daniel, I just want you to know it's going to take 49 years. He was asking what's going to happen to the city. Was, going, was the temple going to be rebuilt? Was it ever going to be restored? It's going to take 49 years from the time it's signed. It'll be back where it was. Is that right? Seven weeks. For, it took 49 years from the time the decree was signed till the, temp, till the, till the uh, city was rebuilt. took exactly 49 years. Now... That's not the only division. So of these 69 weeks in this first division, we've covered seven of them. We know it's 49 years from the decree to rebuild until the city was once again restored. So now let's look at these 69 weeks as a whole. Now I'm not just looking at three score and two weeks. I'm going to look at the whole 69 weeks, okay? Now stay with me. It's getting ready to get real, real good, I promise, okay? Now watch what verse 25 said. From the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem. under what? The Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks and score and two weeks. So here's what the prophecy was. The, the city wasn't even the main part of the prophecy. God just broke it up into that seven weeks so we can look back and see that it took 49 weeks for the city to be restored. But the main gist, Ronald, was that in 69 weeks, or in, uh, what is that, 69 weeks or 434 plus 49. What, I, I'm looking at my notes. What is that? Uh, let me see. That would be da, 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 483 years. And 400, that uh, it was going to be 69 weeks from the time the decree was signed until the Messiah, the Prince, came. Isn't that right? Now, I wonder if that's going to work out. I'll tell you this. It wasn't, it wasn't Jesus' birthday. We're not about to find out exactly when he's born. But there's, there's something interesting here that I, I really, really, really want to show you. So let's look at these 69 weeks as a whole. So from the decree to the coming of the Messiah's Prince, it would be 69 weeks or 483 years. Now we must make a distinction here. It didn't just say the Messiah would come. It said until the Messiah, the Prince, isn't that right? Look at it, tell me if I'm wrong. It did not just say the Messiah, it said, "The Messiah, the prince." Now listen to this. It was not when he was born in Bethlehem, that, that, that I, I know them shepherds come and the angels proclaimed it, but Jesus did not look up from that manger and say, "I'm the Messiah, I'm the Son of God." Is that right? I know, I know what happened through his ministry, but it was not the marriage of Canaan that Jesus said, Look at me, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Son of God. That wasn't what happened. In fact, remember what happened? Mary said, Told me one wine. He said, Woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour's not yet come. He said, It's not time yet. God help me. It's not time yet for everybody to know who I am. Isn't that right? There's a reason. There's a reason John his hour had not yet come. And we're going to get there in just a minute. In fact can I say this. God help me. It was not until what you and I refer to as Palm Sunday. When he rode in on the coat of an ass. And they laid the the palm trees in front of him. And threw their coats on the ground. Cried out Hosanna. It was not until that day. You'll not find one mention in your Bible where He proclaimed He was the Messiah. He proclaimed He was the Son of God until after that day. Is that right? Now history tells us when that happened. Now I read you a minute ago over in Nehemiah. I, I'm going to go ahead and convert it. Just to save time. I'm not going to give you the month of Nisan. I'm going to give you what it would have been on our calendar so it will be easier for you to understand. History tells us that uh, 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 it, history tells us that from the day of the decree, the day the, de- the decree was signed, was on March the 14th, 445 B.C. So the decree was signed in the book of, uh, of Nehemiah on March the 14th, 445 B.C. That's the exact day in history that it was signed. That's this? Hmm. The triumphant entry, what we refer to as that Palm Sunday, when He rode in on the cult of an ass, happened on April the sixth, thirty two A.D. So, from March the fourteenth to four, March fourteenth, four forty five B.C. to April the sixth of thirty two A.D., it was exactly exactly one hundred seventy three thousand eight hundred and eighty days. Did you catch that? I hope you did. Hang on a minute. I got to erase. Well, I might can do it. 173,880 days. Pretty good while, ain't it? 173,880 days. Now, that don't tell me a whole lot because all we know is is 69 weeks. Isn't that right? So that's 69 times 7. Well, hang on just a minute. What did I tell you a minute ago? How many days is in a prophetical year? 360. So, I'm going to read you the math. I'm not going to write it down because I'm about to get where you can't see it. 173,880 days. Divided by 360 days or one prophetical year equals four hundred in 83 years. Are you with me? So, I might can do it. You divide this by 360 and you get 483 years. Now, how many how many how many years are in one prophet over in Daniel 70 weeks? One week equals 7 years, right? So let's take 483 years and divide it by 7 years find out how many weeks it was 483 years divided by seven years equals god help me exactly to the day 69 weeks what about that not one day too y'all ain't getting that not one day too soon had not one day too late but exactly, John, one hundred one hundred seventy-three thousand eight hundred and eighty days. I, no wonder He said my hour not yet come. He'd already predestined when He'd make His entry. He'd already... God, y'all ain't getting that. God, help me. You tell me that Bible's not inspired. I, you tell me God doesn't have it under control. I, it was exactly to the day when He said it be that Jesus proclaimed Himself Messiah had proclaimed Himself the Prince. I, Exactly to the day that God told him to. Not one day too soon. Not one day. He didn't miss it by week didn't miss it by you can believe whatever you want to. I was saying back today sitting there at the desk in the, at the house I got to think about it and I thought I, I wondered how, I, I, I mean that's pretty amazing to me but I tell you what I believe I believe John it was exactly to the minute that the king wrote his name on a piece of paper that Jesus walked through Jerusalem right on the coat of an ass. Help me God help me. I, oh friend that Bible put together. I don't know I can't trust the newspaper that much I, I can't trust the newspaper man that much. I, I can't trust the weather man. I can't trust you. You can't trust me. But that Bible is sure. That Bible is true. That Bible's inspired. It is preserved. It is kept tonight. God help me. That excites me. Exactly to the day that God said it happened. It happened just like He said it would. That excites me. Oh, there's been some times I've sat around and I've wondered to myself I've been honest. You ever just stop thought, well, Lord, what are you doing? Don't you know how bad it is? Why hadn't you come back? Why hadn't you raptured the church? Why hadn't you come? Friend, he knows what he's doing. It's running right on schedule. I don't understand why the coronavirus is here. I don't understand why politics is what they are. I don't understand why society is what it is. But I'll tell you this there's a God in heaven that's still in control and it's still running to the death. Hey, just like he wanted to. God help me. Hadn't hey, used a Gentile king to put the whole thing in place. Hadn't got him not move the hands of leadership. Hadn't got him moved move the hands of a wicked king. Hadn't got He used use the world to do his bidding. He's running it right on schedule. Just like he wills tonight. Isn't that right? Exactly to the day. 69 weeks. 483 years. Y'all ain't getting it, bless God, but that excites me. 483 years worth of time. And God pinpointed it right to the very day that it needed to be. be Happy last week. I don't know if y'all getting it or not, but it would have excited me for him to be within a week. It would have excited, me I mean, for, that's 500 years almost. I'd, I'd hate to know that I said in 500 years, the stock market's going to be blah, 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 blah. And it'd be that exactly, uh, that's mind-boggling to me. I'd hate to make any kind of prediction. It'd be amazing if he's a week off or two weeks or a month even. But only it's exactly to the very day, exactly when it's supposed to be. Boy, knows what he's a doing, don't he? God, Christ proclaimed Himself the Messiah Prince of God exactly 483 years, 69 weeks from the decree to rebuild Jerusalem. He was not one day too early, nor one day too late. It was literally fulfilled exactly to the day. Now, watch verse 26 quickly. So we see the first part of this prophecy. Let's see the pause in the timeline. Verse 26, the Bible said after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, not for himself. The people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary and the end thereof shall be with a flood. None of the end of the war of desolations are determined. Now, I, I may I may get more done than you think I will because I, I'm mostly just going to read from here on out. So now we've covered 69 of Daniel's 70 weeks. That only leaves one week left. Isn't that right? This leaves a period... Of seven years. We went from the time of the decree. To the time that Christ rode into Jerusalem. John we've covered 69 weeks. Oh he leaves one week. Oh he leaves seven years. It's been over 2000 since that happened. Well what happened? God pinpointed the time of his His victorious entry. To the day. Now it's been over 2000 years. And we've only got seven years to be accounted for. So what happened? Remember what I told you a minute ago? It was ticking. They went into Babylonian captivity and God stopped the clock. Isn't that right? Well, watch this. Christ entered in. I told you just the other day. Didn't even know I was going to be here. Uh, uh, let me just read this again. I, I don't know if all of you got this quite yet. Imagine prophecies of pendulum swinging back and forth. Each swing indicates one prophetical year. So when God called Abraham out of the land of the Chaldees, the pendulum began to swing for the nation of Israel. After they committed idolatry over and over again and went against the word of God, the Lord allowed them to enter into Babylonian captivity, and God stopped the clock. For 70 years, God began to reveal prophecy concerning the Gentiles. And the time of the Gentiles began. After the decree was given for the people to return and rebuild Jerusalem, God started the clock again, and it ran for 483 years. God started after the, after the decree was made. He started that clock and for 483 years that pendulum swung. God was dealing with the nation of Israel. Isn't that right? Christ came in and made His victorious entrance into Jerusalem. I told you just the other day, the same ones that was crying Hosanna in just a chapter or two was crying crucify Him. Isn't that right? Yeah. The same people that was worshiping at his victorious entering into Jerusalem. Right on the coast of ass. In just a few chapters, John, they's crying out, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. He came unto his own. Talking about the Jewish people. And they rejected him. The greatest sin the Jewish nation's ever committed was rejecting the Messiah. Rejecting the very Son of God. That pendulum swung for 483 years. And Kirk, when they rejected him, God stopped the clock again. Is that right? He died at Calvary. Now, I'm going fast right here. I don't want to lose you. He died at Calvary, and Calvary was the transition point of your Bible. I told you this Sunday that even the Gospels are mostly still Old Testament. Isn't that right? might be New Testament Bible, but they're still practicing Old Testament beliefs. They're still in an Old Testament economy. You know what changed it? Calvary. Right? After Calvary, the dispensation changed. Remember what a dispensation is? How God deals with man. John, after Calvary, it was no longer the dispensation of the law, but it was then the dispensation of grace and the church age began. Three kinds of people. God only deals with one at a time. Isn't that right? The Jews rejected him. He stopped the clock. The Jews rejected him. And he stopped the clock and turned to the church. is that right? He stopped the clock on the nation of Israel because they rejected his son. And he turned his attention. One week, Kirk's all on left on that, on that, on that timeline. Of the, of the nation of Israel. Just seven years, runs all the, all, all the future they've got left. That's all that's on their prophetical timeline. But he stopped the clock and turned to the church. And he's had them on pause for the last 2,000 years so he could deal with you and me. There, that right? He stopped the pendulum on the Jews to deal with the church. Y'all get, dodge your head if you're with me. All right. Now watch this. So we've still got one week to deal with. So there's a pause. Now watch what the Bible said. John 1, 11, you'll have to turn. He came into his own, his own received him not. The death of his son, God stopped the clock on the Jews, turned from dealing with the Jews to the church. Thus began the dispensation of grace or the church age. Now remember, that what revealed to Daniel. None of the Old Testament prophets saw the church age. Daniel did not see that there'd be a 2,000 year gap. Remember them mountain peaks of prophecy? Remember that? First coming, second coming, didn't see the valley. Same true for Daniel. He didn't realize there'd be a pause. But you and I look back and realize 49 years to build the temple. 30, 483 years from the time it was signed to the time that uh, Christ come a- a- into Jerusalem. We see all that. Then that's 69 weeks. We see the pause. We see the valley. We see the church age. The dispensation of grace. And we see that that last week, that last seven years, is still yet future. Isn't that right? Okay. So he stopped the clock, began the dispensation of grace, wasn't to reveal to Daniel. So for the last approximately 2,000 years, the Jews' prophetical clock has been stopped at 69 weeks. Right now, the nation of Israel, it'd be just like this. If you went home tonight, and it, you walked in the door, the way it's going, probably 9 o'clock. You walked in the door at 9 o'clock, and you looked over there, and your clock just froze. And for 2,000 years, it never moved from 9 o'clock. Time never moved anymore. That's where the nation of Israel's at. They've not progressed. They've not moved forward for 2,000 years, John. Their prophetical timeline has been stopped at 69 weeks. So that's the pause. Now watch what the Bible said. There's some things there in verse 26 I'd love to deal with tonight. Real quick, and then I'll quit. Verse number 26, the Bible said this. After three score and two weeks... Shall the Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. See, we look back, Daniel didn't understand that, but we look back and realize that he was cut off, but not for himself. We realize he came to his own, his own received him not. Instead of accepting him, they crucified him. Isn't that right? He was cut off, but not for himself. No wonder Jesus said, No no greater love hath man than this, and he laid down his life for his friends, isn't that right? Over there, I believe it's the book of Zechariah, but I might be wrong. The Bible said today that the Jews would ask him, uh, They'd come coming day the Jews would ask him where to get the wounds in his hands and his side. And he'd say, I got them in the house of my friends. Isn't that right? It shows that they come, Kirk, and instead of accepting him, they crucified him. Isn't that right? Watch this. There's a couple of phrases I want you to notice. The Bible said, be cut off, but not for himself. And the people... Of the prince that shall come shall destroy it. Now let's deal with that phrase, the prince. Notice this is not the same as in verse 25. The Bible said in verse 25, the Messiah, the prince, capital P-R-I-N-C-E. But here in verse 26, it's lowercase P-R-I-N-C-E. It's not talking about Jesus. This prince is all lowercase. And the Bible said he shall come. Now, at this time on the prophetical timeline, Christ had already come. Isn't that right? He's come and been cut off. So this speaks of Antichrist. Now, I'm going to give you a little tidbit because it seems like you stayed with me pretty good. I'll give you a little tidbit. Say, preacher, how do you know it's Antichrist? Well, think about his name. Jesus is Christ. So the devil has Antichrist. Isn't that right? He... Over there, and I believe it's Ezekiel. Uh, 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 what chapter is? It? I can't remember. Uh, but it's dealing with Lucifer and said he said, "I will be like unto the Most High." That's his desire to have everything God has. Isn't that right? The, God has a Trinity. The devil has a Trinity. The beast, the false prophet. Are you with me? Uh, now stay with me. Uh, God has angels. The devil has uh, demons. Are you, everything God has, he has something similar. So God has Christ. So the devil has the Antichrist. And he tries to make himself as close to him as he can be, but he'll never be the same. Isn't that right? He'll always be inferior. Say Christ is the Messiah, the Prince, capital P. The Antichrist is just the Prince, lowercase. Seems pretty similar, but it's not quite the same. Isn't that right? He'll never quite be what Jesus is. Y'all ain't helping me right there. He'll never be what the Lord is. God, help me. Watch this. So the prince deals with the Antichrist. Now notice what your Bible said. The people of the prince. Now who's that? If the prince is the Antichrist, who's the people of the prince? Now, we've, been, we've seen already in studying chapter 2 and chapter 7 that the Antichrist will come from the restored Roman Empire. Remember I told you Sunday night that it'd be a League of Nations out of the European Union uh, because it was a continuation of the Roman Empire. So the Antichrist comes out of the restored Roman Empire. So this speaks of the Roman Empire. Now, let me say this. In 70 A.D., the Roman Empire destroyed the city of Jerusalem. After Christ died in the year 70 A.D., the Roman Empire destroyed the city of Jerusalem, fulfilling this portion of prophecy. However, watch what the Bible said. Verse number 26. People of the prince shall come, that, that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be the flood, and the end of the war desolations are determined. So this has been fulfilled in 70 A.D. But it was just a foreshadowing of the yet future destruction to be led by the Antichrist. See, the, the the Romans are short at 70 A.D., but John has been rebuilt since then. Somewhat, not entirely, but somewhat. The temple's never been rebuilt. So, oh God, I'm getting ahead of myself. I ain't changed a bit yet. It's still the same time it was. Can you give me just a few more minutes can, and I'll be done with chapter 9. That'll be all right. Can you bear with me just a minute? Alright, watch this. So, the, 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 the prophecy's been fulfilled, but it's a foreshadowing of the yet future destruction of the Antichrist. Now, there's just one week left, isn't that right? Let me make a statement real quick. I'm going to read my verse, and, I'm gonna, and I, I'll be done. I mean, I've literally got one page left, and I'm done. Daniel chapter number 9, in my opinion, is the greatest proof of a pre-tribulation rapture in all the Bible. I'm going to show it to you in just a minute, all right? But keep that in mind. I believe this is the greatest proof of a pre-tribulation rapture of all the Bible. All that means, if you don't understand what I'm saying, is that the church will be gone when the the tribulation takes place, okay? Now watch this. Watch verse 27. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. In the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice of the oblation to cease, and for overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. Even until the consummation and that, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Now, let's get a picture, alright? Clock's are ticking they sign, the, they sign the decree. Clock starts back ticking again after the captivity. They reject the, they, the Jews reject the, uh, reject the Messiah. God stops the clock. At some point, Leon, the church age is going in. At some point, John, he's going to call the church back home. Now, he only deals with one people at a time, isn't that right? But when he calls the church out, you know what he's going to do? The moment the rapture takes place, Kirk, God's going to reach down and go, and begin dealing with the nation of Israel once again. Now, watch this. How much time's left? One week. How much is one week? Seven years. How long does the tribulation last? Seven years. Isn't that right? Are you with me? Now watch this. At the rapture of the church, the church age went and At which time God will turn his attention back to the Jews, starts the prophetical clock of the Jews once again. There's only one week of the Jewish timeline left to fulfill. Remember, one week is seven years. Now I told you, it was interesting to note that a decree was what started this entire timeline. God used a Gentile king to sign a decree to let his people go back and rebuild the city. And that's what started this whole 70 weeks. Isn't that right? Let me tell you what's going to start the last seven weeks. It'll be an agreement between the Antichrist and the Jews. That's what's going to start it. Now watch this. That will begin Daniel's 70th week. Let me just say this. You ever heard him? Well, you may not have. Have any of you ever heard somebody say, we're living in the 70th week? Well, that's a lie. We're living in the 69th week, and we've been living there for the last 2,000 years. But I will tell you this, the only thing left to happen before that 70th week starts, for the church to be called out. There ain't nothing else got to be fulfilled done. There's nothing else, Kirk, on the timeline got to happen. All that's got to happen is for God to call us home and that 70th week starts. Okay? Now watch this. What'll start? The Antichrist will step out and make a league with the Jews. I told you a little bit about this Sunday. He'll make a league with them to protect them. And it'll be for how long do you think it'll be? Seven years. Isn't that right? For three and a half. Let me just read it for I mess up. It'll be an agreement between the Antichrist and the Jews that begin the 70th week. This will be the great tribulation period which the book of Jeremiah makes it clear is for the Jews. Jeremiah referred to it as the time of Jacob's trouble. They said, so how does that make it clear it's for the Jews? Who was Israel? Jacob. And God changed his name to Israel, isn't that right? It's a time for the descendants of Jacob. Now watch this. Watch what verse 26 says. Middle part of the verse, in the midst of the week, isn't that right? He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. So he'll make his covenant with the nation of Israel. And there'll be many, Leon, many of the Jews will make this covenant with the Antichrist. In fact, I believe they'll think he is the Messiah. They'll think he's the one that God sent. And they'll make this covenant. Now watch what your Bible said. In the midst of the week, he shall cause a sacrifice and oblation of to sin. He'll make his covenant with him. He'll promise to protect them for seven years. And he'll promise to rebuild the temple. I know you ain't seen that yet, but I promise you, it's in there. And we'll get to, we may get there sooner or later. He'll promise to rebuild the temple because it's never been rebuilt. Now watch it to his glory. He'll build the temple. And for three and a half years, Ronald, everything will be good. Everything will be peace. The Jews will experience more peace in those three and a half years, John, than they've ever experienced in their life. And in the middle of of the week. So what's that? Three and a half years. Isn't that right? In the middle of, how many times have you heard me say it'll be three and a half years of peace on earth, then three and a half years of literal hell on That's Three and a half years. It'll be peace, Wendy. He'll honor that covenant for three and a half years. But in the middle of the week, after three and a half years, watch what'll happen. The Bible said he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And watch this. Three and a half years he'll step out and say you can't use the temple no more. You're not going to worship God in the temple anymore. Oh, no, you're not doing that. And he'll begin to go against his covenant. And for the last three and a half years, Kirk, for three and a half years, Antichrist will honor the deal he made with the Jews. However, the last three and a half years, he'll finally expose himself. He'll take over the temple, demanding to be worshiped as God. Is that right? Watch what it said cause the, cause the uh, sacrifice and the oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. Even till the consummation. That determined shall be poured upon the desolate. He's going to completely destroy the world three and a half years. That right? Now that be, I don't have time to get into it. You ever heard anybody talk about the elect and those uh, uh, oh, that's not the right word, I don't believe. What's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, I'll tell you what it means. There will be, there will be 144. You ever heard anybody talk about 144,000? You talk to Jehovah Witnesses you have. There'll be 144,000 Jews that'll be spared during the tribulation. Be 12,000 from every tribe. 12,000 times 12 tribes, 144,000. Isn't that right? But now watch this. It's time of Jacob's trouble. God's calling the Jews back into himself. But the Antichrist will set up his kingdom. He'll he'll become a world. He'll have control over the world's world's political system. He'll have control over the world's religious system. He'll literally enforce a one world government, a one world religion. At the end of those three and a half years, he'll be worshipped. He'll command to be worshipped as a god. Isn't that right? But guess what? Just three and a half more years. God hit me. And that stone not cut out with hands. It's going to roll down a mountain. He's going to smite that. God hit me. I ought not even be getting here. It ain't in my notes, but we might as well just say it. He's going to roll down that mountain not being cut out by hands. Uh, he was no man made him. Uh, it's not a head of gold. It's not a breast uh, and arm of silver, uh, but he is the stone. Uh, and he's going to come down that mountain and hit that image right on the toes is what the Bible said. Where'd that antichrist come out of? Out of them ten horns, out of them ten toes. Uh, he's going to smite the antichrist. Has uh, Forward to Revelation chapter twenty, and the Bible said that Satan uh, and the beast uh, and the false prophet were judged uh, and cast in the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. Is what the Bible said. God help me. Hey, one more week left, friend. God help us. I'm looking forward here in just a few days. I believe with all my heart. I believe it could be any moment. The Lord call us out, and there's just one more day. Oh, one more week. Seven more years of this earth. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Because old things have passed away. God, help me. I'm getting deeper than I can get. (sighs) old heaven and the old earth are passed away. You know what happened to them? You go to Revelation 20, you'll find out that the dead, both small and great, stood before God, from whose face the heaven and the earth fled away. Isn't that right? The very face of God, the old heaven and old earth passed away. There's a new heaven. There's a new earth. There's a new Jerusalem. God's not going to use what the antichrist has demolished and destroyed. He's going to have a new city. God, help me. had a new temple, but we won't need it. Because uh, the Bible said that uh, God make his tabernacle with men. Uh, there won't be no going to the house of God. We'll tabernacle with God. Uh, we'll be in his presence. Uh, and that's all, friend. Uh, it could happen any moment, right? Yeah. Now. God help us. That excites me. Let's stand our feet.